I am Jen Wilson, author and body, mind and soul coach. Welcome to the I Am podcast, where we explore who you are. Hi and welcome to another episode of the I Am Jen Wilson podcast and today's podcast guest is Laurie McPherson. So I first met Laurie, I'm going to say around September, October 2018 when we met at a networking event and she was one of those people that you just met and has this amazing energy, a proper can-do attitude about her that she was just it's infectious, the drive that she has, and she's just one of these people that's like, of course you can do it, here you go, it's dead simple, just go and do it, just go and do it, you know, that really, why wouldn't you kind of attitude, and it's turned out that we've had very similar paths in the past, Laura used to work overseas for one of the holiday companies as a holiday rep, I used to work overseas um, in the administration office, and Things have moved in similar ways and then we've both come back to the UK and resettled back into our UK lives and made them what they are today. So Laurie has been on the podcast before so if you want to hear a little bit more of Laurie's background jump back to the earlier podcast when she was on to hear a little bit of her bio if that's what you want. In this podcast we talk about the last year that she's had where she's been fully self-employed. So she went self-employed in February 2019 and we recorded this just at the end of January. It's coming out in March. Um, so, yeah, we had a really interesting conversation. We're talking about everything that she's doing in her work, all the different avenues that she explores, the different people that she works with. We also talk a lot about confidence. Where the hell did confidence go? How do we get confidence back? What does it mean to be confident? What can we achieve when we're confident? And then we also talk a little bit about what she does in her downtime and how important it is to have that downtime and be able to switch off and for you to not feel guilty about it and to pick and choose. So I'm really excited to bring Laurie to the show. Now, you may or may not know I now have a Patreon. So a Patreon is where... You, the podcast listener, can go along and you can subscribe. I don't get paid for doing these podcasts. I don't have people sponsoring the podcasts. And it's a lot of work that goes into bringing these podcasts to you. And it's something that I want to keep doing and keep making bigger and better. But I can't do that without any pennies because the world revolves on pennies. So the Patreon account is where you can go along and you can donate or subscribe If you're subscribing, there are other bonuses that you get in there that are exclusive only to Patreon subscribers. So check it out. If you go to patreon.com, I am Jen Wilson. Just search for me in there. You'll be able to find it. You'll be able to see if you love what we do with the podcast and the other work, all the content that goes out that is free of charge and you want to support but maybe you don't want to come along to a class or you can't get to a class or you don't live in the country so what I do you can never get access to then this is just a really good way to show your support and I'm always grateful so check that out on patreon.com. Anyway enough of my chats I am going to take you in to the podcast. Enjoy! 
So I am sitting in Laurie McPherson's living room. Yay! So Laurie's been on the podcast before. Welcome, Laurie. Hi, Jane. Um, last time you were on the podcast, you had you took a sneaky break from work, from your work, and we had like a twenty-minute call online, and now we're sitting face to face. I much prefer face to face. Much prefer face to face. Yeah. So the last time we spoke, you were in the winds down of your job, and you were about to break out by yourself. So that was that's over a year ago now. Yes, so it is. So what's been happening? <laughs> well. <laughs> Um, what an interesting year. So I finished with my job in end of February mm-hmm. in 2019 and we knew it was coming for a while. So my first goal was to have some work lined up for when I stopped work. So I did that and I did an employability programme using some annual leave to finish up. Yep. Um, so I had started work for myself before the, the day job had finished and it has just continued. That was a good goal, um, and I worked <laughs> to get that. So yeah, I really did. I did tons of networking, sort of from about September 2018 and onwards. Really, set up the website, set up my social media, and started to network like a crazy woman. Yeah. Um, so that I met people and I had some work to to go to. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I got employability work pretty much straight away, and then it has just been a series of very interesting and lots of fortunate events which have meant me meeting lots of new people. Um, I've worked with great clients. I've worked with some charities, nurseries, a law firm. I'm an associate for a couple of great companies. And it's been a very interesting year. Cool. So you specialise in lots of different areas, clearly, with all the, the variety. Like you go one day from a nursery into a, law- a lawyer's office the next day, yep. although you're probably still dealing with children, which is children <laughs> in suits. Yes. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're working with these people, what is the sort of goal outcome for them? So when I'm doing training around management, it's all it was about helping them to be more confident as managers. Because what I found is that people tend to be an accidental manager. Yeah. They don't tend to be born and think, I know I'll go and manage a team. You tend to want to do your job, Jane. So you are, among other things, really great at yoga. Yeah. So if you were going into a traditional yoga environment, you might take so many classes, they all feel all wonderfully um, attended, everyone loves you. So the, the, the owner of the studio might ask you to take on the manager's job of our studio. Yeah. Great. However, your skill is in yoga. It's yeah. not in managing people. Yeah. And this is what we find in every, every industry that I meet tells me, no, 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 my industry is definitely the worst. Mm. <laughs> So when I speak to PTs, they say, oh my God, gym owners are the worst. Um, hospitality, oh my goodness, this guy was a barista, now he thinks he could run the team. Um, we both worked in the travel industry. <laughs> we both worked in the travel industry. Interesting, I was really lucky because I, I worked for Thompson, did you? No, I worked for um, it was Air Tours and then my travel. Ah, so I, I did, I worked for Direct Holidays, then Thompson. I have to say, I had some wonderful managers few stoters in there as well um <laughs> who were great at managing people but they did put us through the training and give us the time yeah. um but even in retail when I worked in retail I was good at selling so you get promoted to be look after the team supervisor yeah. team leader you've no idea how to run a shift and how to get the best out of the, the shift uh, recruiters are convinced that they're the worst and I, I sort of get this and sales people tend to they don't tend to lose the killer instinct and the sales drive just because you give them a team yeah they tend to still want to protect their own target so what I've heard is that they, they like to keep their own area or their own territory. Yeah. They like to keep their own target and they like to make sure they're still 
Because they're still top sales person. They still want to be yeah. top sales and run a team, which is really difficult. Um, people in IT are even worse. They're like, oh my goodness, imagine then people who don't want to talk to anyone anyway now have to run a team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and again, I am generalising, obviously. <laughs> um, but, you know, all these different areas, lawyers, solicitors are fantastic at practising the law yeah. and understanding how to deal with clients. But then suddenly you give them a team of people and often they are naturally very details focused. Yeah. So to get someone in who's a little bit different to that, who maybe has a little bit more of the sort of sales and business development, they don't really understand how to best manage them. Yeah. So while it's all different um, industries, and nurseries is something I've done a lot of, children's nurseries, you've got great nursery nurses, but you tend to have a gulf between girls who are 18, 19, yeah. and girls who are in their 50s, who've been doing it for 30 years. So they, they came in in the days when it was just playing with the wings. Yeah. And the girls come in now, and they're you know, given all the paperwork, all the legislation, and there tends to not be much in between. Yeah. So... You, you get lots of young girls who maybe haven't worked before, who are not sure about general workplace etiquette. Mm. And then you get these managers who are driven, who are confident, who go out and study and do their BAs and further uh, educate themselves. But they're really the reality is they're working with girls who this might be their first job and they're sort of expected to mother them as well as the kids. Yeah. They're often sensitive because they're dealing with people's children, which is great. They're often sensitive souls and they're often um, feelers and sometimes quite introverted. And they're having to run these teams full of noisy, noisy children, demanding parents and girls who are not sure of how to behave in a workplace. Yeah. And they are tearing their hair out. <laughs> so uh, every industry, essentially, it's the same thing. It's about giving them confidence in managing. Um, and I've realised recently that that is the thing that kind of ties all the work I do in. It's about giving people confidence. Yeah. So I'm working on a, a women's mentoring programme at the moment for Skillfluence. Uh, and that's the Women in Scottish Aquaculture mentoring programme. And again, the thing that they all mention is something they want more of is confidence. Confidence to know what's next in the industry. Confidence to know where they fit. Confidence to know where to go. And confidence in their own ability. Um, and then the other piece of work which I do a huge amount in is employability. So helping people back to work who are out of work. Yeah. I've previously worked with long-term unemployed through my day job, which was with NGS. And now I work for um, Work East Rain quite a lot. And I'm doing an SQA for them just now for people who haven't been out of work long but really wanted to brush up on their computer skills. Yeah. So I'm putting them through a, a basic um, course at the moment. The great thing is they want to be there. They've asked for this help. Yeah. So they are just delighted to be there and finally have someone take the time with them. It's a 40-hour course by the end of which they'll be able to use a computer to job search, email, yeah. and all the stuff that they need to do to, to search for work and claim benefits if they need to and basically run their lives. And we've talked a lot about the benefits of, job, of using computers and what they can get. And they're all really aware that they're missing out on huge swathes of, of life. So again, it's about... It's about confidence then about getting back to work. Yeah, it's funny to think that there's still people that don't know how to use computers. This is like the last generation of people. Absolutely. We probably fit into that because I think if you were born sort of before 1985, you're the last you're the last that are aware of a world that didn't have internet. Yeah, absolutely. And these people are not, you know, they're not old. And that's the thing I've always found. These people are sort of 50 plus. They're not, yeah. you know, they're not in their 70s and 80s. They're probably actually slightly savvier because they've decided, right, I'm going to learn. Yeah. These people fall into the middle. they've time to do it, whereas the people that have, are in the 50s have been working that whole they're time. Working. And if their job didn't include putting a computer on, 
They just think, why would they have ever needed Why bother? Them? Or I've always managed to get by, or I get yeah. somebody to help me. So we talked about that as well. You know, um, your, your working children are not really delighted to do all your job search for you at, at the yeah. weekend or in the evening. <laughs> they might say that it's fine, but they're really not that delighted. Yeah. They've got their own stuff, so let's learn how to do this. So, um, yeah, it's it's been brilliant. So, yeah, it's all around kind of building people's confidence and helping people to get to where they need and want to be. Do you think people's confidence in themselves has got worse in the last couple, like, since you've been in work? Definitely. What do you think caused that? Well, that's a really interesting question. Um, it's so interesting to me that very highly skilled people and um, people who other people look up to still have to really dig deep when you ask them what their skills and strengths are. Yeah. They don't know, and often my unemployed clients, which always makes me sad, tell me they don't have any skills, which makes me really sad. Yeah, because everybody's got a skill in something. And often they say things like, oh, I was just caring for my whatever, and I always say, I'm going to stop you right there. I I couldn't do care for, you know, another, an an elderly person. I I don't have children by choice. I couldn't care for children. So you have skills that I don't have before we start. So can we drop the just? Yeah. I think, I hate to say it because I love it and I use it every day, but I do think maybe social media, some of the comparisons people make. Yeah. Um, you know, you're looking at these perfect people who have it all sorted, but except, of course, we know that they don't. Um, but it's really easy to think that people's lives are the way they look on social media mm-hmm. instead of seeing it as a highlight reel. And we all know that. We all know deep down it's a highlight reel and no one's going to post. Yeah. Well, some people do post the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I try maybe not on my social media, but I certainly I'm honest when I meet people about the reality of my life as a self-employed person. You know, I will tell you, I'm dead quiet. I've been to yoga five times this week. Or, you know, I am absolutely rushed off my feet and looking forward to I'm actually going out on Saturday to celebrate January being finished yeah. because it's been such a busy month. But when it's not so busy, you also have to take that. So maybe it's comparisonitis. Maybe it is a bit about social media. Um, we see so many different lives now, if you think about it. Before, you only really saw folk that were the same as you. Yeah, you were in that one streamline or that one bubble. It was your bubble. So if you lived in a particular area and had a, or were a particular social class or everybody that you knew kind of did similar types of things, I suppose. And now people, you're exposed to people doing all sorts of things. And There's definitely an othering. I've always said this among people who, especially when I work with unemployed clients, who... Um, they think that people in work or people who have certain types of jobs are different to them fundamentally and maybe not understanding that actually they've just had different chances mm-hmm. and sometimes made different choices but often they've had different chances yeah. um so social mobility is a wonderful thing but i think there's definitely there's also definitely a thing about west of scotland not wanting to be above your station there's the whole stay in your lane um thing about too big for your boots too big for your boots who do you think you are <laughs> You know, um, I was on a live the other day, actually really funny, um, on, on Facebook or Instagram um, about someone who wanted to join someone's programme, someone's expensive high-end coaching programme, which I'm sure is wonderful. And I was watching because I was on the fence and this person said, I can't possibly post um, that I'm an expert in my thing on LinkedIn because I've got family on there. And yeah. I just felt so sad because... Your family should be your biggest cheerleader in school. So surely your family should think, oh, that's amazing. So I've got a family member on LinkedIn. Yeah. All I want from him is that he's happy and he does well. Yeah. And I would assume that would be all he would want from me too. Yeah, yeah. So if he's going back and saying she said this and she said that, that's not my business uh-huh. or my problem. Yeah. He isn't. Um, it's lovely. 
And I'm just wanting, I'm just, every time I see him, I feel pride because he's a lot younger than me. And I think, oh, he's doing really, really well. Yeah. I'm so proud of him. And I'm assuming he's thinking the same. Yeah. Why? It just baffled me that your family would be the, but I have seen and heard it before. Um, sometimes people's families don't really understand. I was talking to the, some of my, my women in aquaculture about academia. Families don't understand what it takes to do that, if that's not the background. Yeah. You're the first in your family to go to university. They don't get it. You know, why are you, stra- why are you spending all these hours to be a whatever? What does it matter? Yeah. Whereas if that's the pinnacle of your goals, you want them to support it. And there's also a real thing about the earnings. You know, we, there is that. We do this, we don't do that. Yeah. So, um, it's an old advert. I'm sure it might have been a Poly advert back in the day. I tried to find it, I can't find it. Which is, it, it was a good thing. It was Thompson do this or Poly do this. They don't yeah. do it like that. But people think... We don't, we don't deserve that. We don't earn that kind of money. We don't live that kind of life. We, yeah, we are because not I'm person. from whatever pocket of the country or the city that you're from because yeah. we've always lived on benefits or we've always been grafters where you've maybe worked in the mines and then worked in the railroads. They've all gone now. Yeah. But we always do that kind of work. So for you to go off and be a lawyer, yeah. who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? <laughs> and if, if, you know, I'm, I'm from a mining back then, so they worked down the, the pits exceptionally hard and really, really horrendous circumstances, and I earn more money yeah. up here, floating around in my handbag. Who do you think you are? Oh. Now, that's not what my folks think, Yeah. but yeah, there is an element of that that floats through our, yeah. our society, so does that knock people's confidence? Yeah, when your own family don't maybe get it, and don't, and think, what, how, you earn a huge amount of money for what you do, but actually you do, you do well because you're an expert, and, and they should be proud, but yeah, there's definitely... So that was a very long and unspecific answer, but yeah, there's definitely there's, there's lots of, like a tangent. There's lots of facets to confidence, obviously, and one of them is about your sort of intrinsic self worth and self belief, which definitely comes from your, your family and your upbringing. But there's also the bit about I'm competent at this because I can do it and I've done it, mm-hmm. and I'm good at it because it's what I do, and that's the bit where you can learn and pick it up. Yeah, so you constantly do something, and and say to the guys the other day, you know, it's like. The babies in the, in, the, in the nursery don't just have one shot at walking and think, ah, this is, I'm, I'm not going to bother with this, you know, sorry, this is too hard. It's too difficult. Yeah. Just, I'll just chuckle about my bum forever. Nobody around them would ever let them do that either. Everybody yeah. around them is cheating them on every time they get up, every time they fall, that's fine, get back up, get back up. But for some reason, when you can walk, that's it. And that's, the support network's gone. It's gone. And as, a, you know, and as an adult, we don't get encouraged to not to, to, to fall down and get back up again. We don't get encouraged to play anymore, which is part of some of the work that, that, I, that I do is about, you know, the nurseries that you know, we were talking last week. It's like, how lucky are you to be able to play all day? Most adults yeah. don't get that. Yeah. You know, you get, because we're talking about their confidence and how they sometimes get into their own head and think, oh, I can't sing a song because I'm, you know, I'm not a wonderful singer. But they're singing for three-year-olds. They don't care. They just want to hear noise. Yeah. Or I don't want to read a, a story and all the voices in case the other nursery nurses are laughing at me. But we've sort of got to the point that if we all do it, yeah, it's not funny anymore because <laughs> it's part of what we do. It's part of our norm and it's part of the, the great thing about being able to play, yeah. which we don't get to do as adults, unfortunately. We should be able to. Because they always say, like, if you want to go and learn about life, go and hang out with the five-year-olds. Yeah. Because they just see the world through this this vision. Because I think it's up to something like seven kids live in this, like, hypnotic trance. Yeah. And that's when all, a lot of stuff is embedded, is in that first seven years. But they have this just non-filter filter of the world of... Some must look at us and be like, you lot are nuts. What are you all doing? Yeah. Why are you rushing out? <laughs> Why do you look so... 
Are you really not happy? Yeah. I know you're not just going and doing what you say you want to do. Yeah, it's true. It's so no. interesting. Yeah, we're so we're so stuck. So yeah, it's what we're so in our own way and in our own head. Because mm. I was thinking the other day, like I remember when I was I went out to work overseas when I was 22, 23, and I remember getting on the plane and shitting myself and like be crying all the way, going, "What the fuck am I doing? What the fuck am I doing?" But I still had gone through the whole process of applying for the jobs, got the job, was going to a foreign country where I didn't speak the language. I didn't know anybody else that was going to be there. I did know I had a job at the other side and a, some, a roof over my head, so there was, like, that little bit of security. And I'm just like, how did I... Where did I lose confidence in that person that did that? Because yeah. everything that she did was amazing to have gone and created all of this. And it's like, well, I changed career when I was in my 30s so I kind of went back to being the absolute beginner yeah. but for some reason in my 30s even though I've now been in the industry I'm in for just over 10 years and I should feel like the expert I'm still looking at everything from an absolute beginner's mindset which is good to help you grow and learn but it's you've got to let that go to have the confidence in your abilities yes and this is part of the work I'm doing for Skillfluence for the women's mentoring program um, for women in Scottish agriculture, we're talking about what makes a good mentor, and none of the mentees have used the word expert. None of them want an expert. Yeah, they all want help and guidance and advice and support from someone who's been there before. Yeah, and it's an industry where they, they can't always imagine what their next move is going to be. It's not just like you you become a team leader, then you become a manager, then you, you know yeah, it hasn't got that sort of structure. Oh, yeah. So it, it was really interesting because I was looking out for the expert word and it didn't come up. And it's possibly why we have more applied to be a mentee than be a mentor. Because they make people think mentors have to be an expert. You don't. You just have to be one step ahead of them. Yeah. Um, and have, have done it maybe a little bit longer or have already made a change. So it's really interesting where people put themselves on that journey. And quite a few ask to be both. Yeah. Because um, I've still got stuff I need to learn. And that's great because there's always stuff we need to learn. Yeah. But also how are we helping the people behind us? Um, I suppose it's redefining what the definition of the word expert is yes. because I would probably have if you, oh what's an expert, an expert is somebody who's the absolute top of their game the, yeah. the teacher of everything but that person, but having done my TQFE and been in college half of them were learning what they had to teach as they were walking in the door to teach the students yeah. and you're just like you don't even know this stuff and you're teaching it yeah. <laughs> you're meant to be the expert what the fuck? <laughs> so, so what makes us someone an expert? Um, I guess I, I follow um, Brad Burton a lot. I don't know if you, you've seen him. He's um, no. founder of Four Networking, which I'm oh, yeah, yeah. also a, a member of. And he talks about, you know, everybody feels like a fraud until the day you don't feel like a fraud. Mm. Until the day someone asks you a question and you can answer it and then you think, I knew that. I must, I must know this. And it's so true. He said he's the UK's number one motivational speaker. So he's the UK's number one motivational speaker. He's getting hired at big conferences, but he said it. Nobody said it about him. Yeah. He decided, I'm going to be the UK's, and then he, he did all the stuff to, to become that, rather than wait. Like, I, think you're, I think we're all waiting for someone to come and tap us on the shoulder and say, you're the expert. Yeah. It's never going to happen. Yeah. We have to step into, and I kind of hate all this language, as you know, we have to step into the fact that, yeah, you are the expert. You've done it for long enough. You know what you're talking about. Therefore, you're an expert, so therefore you yeah. can help other people. Um, and it's not about being... 50 million miles ahead of them or having all the answers it's about knowing where to point them in the right direction and I think the work that I've been doing with the lens which is amazing has been all about asking the good questions rather than having all the answers 
Yeah. And I love to have all the answers. I love to fix people. I love to help people. I love to come in with my um, um, all my answers cape and sweep over them and just that's them. And I love to have them <laughs> fixed and think about box and see, hey, that's you sorted. And that's it done. But life doesn't work like that. Yeah. And I've learned that actually giving people good questions, because if you just give them answers, you create dependency. Yeah. And then I get annoyed that, well, why did it keep coming to me? Because you caused that. <laughs> um, you built that. You did that. That's your fault. It's your monster. So yeah, take it and deal with it. Um, so actually asking great questions, and I've been doing a lot more work around being better at that. Yeah. Being better at just, at just throwing out lots of good questions. Um, and sometimes uh, you, you get days when you can cope with that, and you get days when you hate it, and you're like, just tell me the answer. Um, you know, when you're being coached and you think, oh, they're going to ask me what, when, why, how, and I don't, just, just tell me, tell me what you want me to do next. You already know yeah. the answer to the question, so going to just, like, just shortcut it. Some days tell I just me. Say, just tell me, what do you think I should do? And, and if, I get, if it's wrong, it's fine. I just want an answer right now, so I can hear something. But yeah, there's something about, because we had a chat about that, about questions and answers, and it's like, I want them to have the answers. Do you, do you just want them to have the questions? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, some days you do want the answers. There you go. That's that's it. Because I think we want, especially in business, we want some certainty. We want someone mm-hmm. to say, if you do this, this, and this, you'll get this, this, and this. I've learned it doesn't work like that. I love it when somebody comes to me with a question that I don't know the answer to. Yeah. Because I'm like, I don't know that. That's something else I can go and learn. Yeah. And I get dead excited about it because it's like, oh, that's oh. that's the next thing I can learn. That's what people are wanting to know. And that's where I can help them. So let's go on that wee journey together. Yeah, I love that. It's like, oh, I don't, and I've really, very, been really good at the whole um, Richard Branson thing of say yes and find out how to do it later. Yeah. I'm being amazing at that and I've amazed myself because even my, my family who are super supportive say, do you know how to do that? And I'm like, nope, but I'll find out. <laughs> for uh, the deadline, for the thing, I will do the, learn the thing and do the thing and make sure the thing is good. Um, because I think otherwise you just get in your way and say, oh, I, I can only do this and I can only do that. And actually we can do lots of things. Mm. And we might try something and think, oh, I'd prefer not to do that again. Yeah, that's okay. But at least we know. We should try it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So if somebody was listening to this and they were thinking, oh, I really need to work on my confidence, what would be the first thing that you would suggest to them to do? Um, ask a really good friend what you're great at. It's really hard to do for ourselves. I was doing a bit of work with one of my clients the other day on a cover letter and I had put at the end of it that she was looking for a job that utilises her considerable skills and experience. And she said, oh, I would never have put considerable skills. You've worked in retail for 30 years. Yeah. You've just told me that you're an audit manager. You just told me that you were sent down to Oxford Street to help open that store. Yeah. You've then told me you went into charity when you got your workers doing all the work for you for free. (laughs) Oh, right, I suppose so. <laughs> we don't see it in ourselves. Yeah. We see it in other people. And sometimes people who have not known you that long will tell you something and you'll go, do they see that? And, and they see it. You know, people said to me, oh, you're obviously dead organised or you're obviously really, you know, you're really engaging or um, great presence or great energy. And I think, oh, okay. That's what they see. That's okay. That's yeah. brilliant. They see that that's what comes out. So yeah. um, ask a really good friend your, your biggest skills and strengths before you before you start to knock yourself down and then think about all the things you have done, all your achievements, and forget, oh, I don't know if I can say that. Yes, you can. Yeah. Um, you're, you know, you're selling yourself and thinking about all the good stuff, especially when it comes to looking for jobs. But in general, yeah, there's two bits to it. There's the bits that you're competent at and there's the self-worth, self-belief stuff. That's much harder and takes a much longer time. Yeah. But at least you can know what you're generally competent at day-to-day and hold that as a I can do this yeah. there are things I can't do 
here are things that I'm really, really good at. Um, I'm working with a group just now, and they've started looking for jobs for each other, which is wonderful, because you can always see, oh, you'd be really good at that. And it makes me feel overjoyed to hear them doing that. Oh, I've seen something that you'd be great at. Yeah, it's harder to look for yourself. Because you always look out for the one thing that you can't do. Yeah. Oh, I don't think I've got that. And people always say, that, oh, it says preferred this. And I'm like, okay, it's preferred. Let's be really honest. <laughs> if they get someone with that, they'll take them. Yeah. If they don't, they might take you. And that's just the reality of it. Yeah. Or that person could have that thing, but everything else about them is wrong. Or be, and they meet them and they think, ah, so, like, let's give it a go. And there is a thing that, you know, there's a statistic out there that says men will, men will go for a thing if they've got a job, if they've got X amount of the Yeah. It just, women will only go for 100%, yeah. probably slightly more. Um, I think the men's one's like 60% or something. Yeah. It's quite, it's not, I don't even think it's 50%. Maybe. They'll have a staff, but women yeah. will go, oh, I, I need to have more than that. I won't bother and hold themselves yeah. back all the time, which is, yeah, super interesting. Mm. Okay. So what's next for you? Because you've got recording this in January. Is it still January? Yeah, this is still January. January. <laughs> yeah. It will be this will be going out in March. What are you hoping is going to be happening between now and then? Well, I, I'm speaking to a few different people about some potential work. Um I've got work with the lanes coming up who work with entrepreneurs and organisations and charities to develop their skills um, to get their ideas heard in in their organisations. So it's people on the ground with brilliant ideas and it's, we help them to put them through a process where they get to present those ideas back to their own organisation yeah. to win some money to make the ideas happen. So I've got some work lined up with them. Um, I am hoping to... This project with women in Scottish agriculture has been great success, so yeah. potentially that might be something that there might be um, another, another round of. We've got a waiting list at the moment. Um, also, see, I'm speaking to a few other people and just any organisation that I see that, that tells me that they're struggling with um, staff. I saw something the other day about someone about expectations, anything around staff, teams and people. And I'm also doing some work with, I'm on a, show, a panel next week, it will have been passed by the time this goes out, around with the Girls Career Collective with uh, Lorna Lyon, around people who are looking for a new job. Yeah, And that's something I'm working on at the moment as a kind of power hour session for people who've got a new job, want a new job this year, don't either don't know where to start or haven't got a CV because they've worked for the same employer for 25 years yeah. or have never had one of these competency-based interviews and think, oh, I mean, no bother, um, don't really know where to look or what their skills are or are stuck in a field that maybe are 40 or plus and think, I've always done sales, I've no idea how to get out of it, maybe I'll just stay in sales till I die, but I don't really like it anymore, it's what people think, because I'm too old to change direction, yeah, I get that a lot, it's far, I'm far too old, so I'm here to say, no you're not, and I will help you, and I'll pull out the transferable skills, help you with CVs, help you with interviews, and it's actually a reasonably quick process, yeah. when you have somebody that knows what they're doing, and somebody that can immediately get you and spot what the skills are, and what the transferables, and um, knows how things move from one industry to another, because yeah. we did it, you changed career, yeah. I changed career, I was a retail manager, then I went into employability, and now I run my own business, and I started that at 40, so I really do think that, you know, it's there's no time like the present, what I would be absolutely gutted if I'd got to 60 and hadn't tried it, Yes. and then thought, oh, 
But then even if you're 60, you can still do some nails. If you are 60, you can do some nails. I don't know that I would want to be running around with a huge, heavy facilitated handbag. <laughs> no one tells you about facilitation is that you need to take hundreds of stuff with you, especially I'm gluten-free and I never know if I'm going to get fed. And I like my special tea bags <laughs> and I've got hundreds of pens and stationery and you know, my stuff that I have to carry is ridiculous. So, yeah, um, absolutely, you're never too old. It's just a case of... Decide on what to do and get a plan and go for it. Yeah. What do you do for fun? When you're done time? Um, I have to confess that I have worked too much in the last year because it's been the first year of a new business. Um, I'm sure it's on Brad Burton's site also that says run your own business and then for the first 10 years you can choose which 16 hours you work. Stay true. <laughs> <laughs> whether you want to start at six in the morning or just work till late at night so I uh, try to keep fit though I have been very lax at that of late I have to say usually I like to do running and, and gym yep. uh, I love to just see friends and family and I have made a real conscious effort to spend more time um, I visit my folks a lot more now because I can just take an odd Tuesday off and go down and see yep. them which has been lovely because um, I was always really trapped obviously and, and being able to do that before um, spending time with friends I read a lot and I am really really fanatical about musicals so I go to theatre quite a lot. Yeah. Um, Priscilla is booked for later in the year. Okay, cool. For the fourth time. And um, <laughs> yeah, I went to see what was, uh, a few last years. We also saw Six and Kinky Boots. So yeah, yeah I, and I love to travel. I haven't done as much since I came home as I would have liked just with one thing or another. But I have been to see my big sister lives in Australia. Yeah. Um, so I've been able to see her and did uh, Singapore and Dubai on the way. She's coming here this year, which will be lovely to see her for a bit as well. Cool. with her um, and I just I absolutely love my holidays I am a sun lover living in Scotland I feel very sad um, <laughs> <laughs> quite a lot of the time quite grey out there quite grey <laughs> um, but so as soon as there's any bit of sun to be had as soon as I get money in and I'm like looking at all my, my, my what's coming and what's going as soon as there's a bit of spare it's a book of holiday yeah good <laughs> Get on a jet plane. Yeah, that's the first thing I do. Chase the sun. Chase the sun. Absolutely, chase the sun. So we'll try and get booked up for a nice week in the sun somewhere as well. What's your favourite book? Favourite book? Well, that's a really good question. Um, My favourite as a child was one called The Maggie Bee, which was about a little girl who goes to sea on a big boat with her brother James. And my brother's called Jonathan. And all that they do is just have a lovely time and eat peaches. And then at one point they sing shanties. At one point a storm gets up. Yeah. And even though she's on her own, she's not afraid. And that was my book growing up. And then yeah. funnily enough, I went off to work on ships as an adult. And my mum's convinced that I, she planted a seed. <laughs> so why did I send my little child away? <laughs> but yeah, that was my favourite as a little child. Oh I read constantly. I'm probably on about book seven of January already. Cause I'm, mostly fiction? or Yeah, mostly fiction. I I'm, tell myself I'll read business books and constantly download them. But then I always find something else to do in my time. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am because I read quite a few. Over, I read a really brilliant one called "So Lucky," just over at the turn of the year by Don O'Porter. He's written a few other good ones, "Cows" and "They Play the Planes." Um, it's about a girl with polycystic ovary syndrome mm-hmm. and um, how she tries to kind of hide herself away from the world. Yeah, and how it gets all discovered, and yeah, it's about three women actually, and how they all find their sort of get their groove back and get their confidence yeah. um, very funny very rude I was quite mortified because I recommended it to my mother and then as I'm lying reading it in, in her house at Christmas thinking hope she's not reading this at the same time as me um, but thankfully she'd fallen asleep never to, never to be mentioned again so <laughs> I had a really bad recommendation from my mommy so we've just shared our Kindle libraries this week 
Trouble we okay. just realised you could do. I didn't know you could do that. You can, I'll tell you how. Um, and <laughs> it's, it's magical, so she's got much better books than me. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the new Lisa Jewell. She writes kind of slightly crimey sort of psychological thrillers. Yeah. But I can't read it in bed because I will just stay awake till I finish and then it's like four in the morning and you think that I've got tomorrow to do. So, yeah, mostly fiction. Yeah. There's hundreds of business books sitting on red on my Kindle. My Gilly Secret. Yeah. <laughs> That and that I like to watch Love Island. But yeah, no, it's it's all good. Do you? <laughs> I haven't seen any of this series, I have to say, but I do like the, the main one. Yeah, I don't, I don't have TVs. I don't. Yeah. The last time I watched Love Island was when it was celebrities that were on it. And yeah, it like was Callum Best. Callum Best oh, love and him. Jane Maromas and Lee Sharp. That's that's a long time ago. And Rebecca Lewis. Oh my goodness, how exciting. That is a long time ago. Yeah, I'm currently watching Sex Education Series 2, which is yeah. on Netflix. I've got um, that on my watch list. It's one. It's watch, amazing. Yeah. yeah, I haven't even finished Fleabag too. I'm so behind. I have been very busy, and I will confess that that's something I'm going to do. Catch up on your TV, and everything. <laughs> Netflix. <laughs> Why not? Yes. Why not? It's all about balance. I'm very yeah. much all about it, and I always say that. You know, when people are posting about their hashtag hustle, hustle hard. We've talked about this before. Yeah. I'll hustle as hard as I want. Yeah. And no more. That's... <laughs> Yeah, the, the whole hustle 24-7 bullshit. Absolute bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. Absolute bullshit. I do work more than I should, but when I decide to turn off, I will turn off, make a nice dinner, go out and see friends, and I love nothing more than saying to someone on a Monday, yeah, I won't be finishing it today because I'm going out for lunch, and you can literally hear the cogs going like, but it's Monday, and I'm thinking, <laughs> it is. And I've probably worked Saturday, Sunday, and I'm going out for my dinner. And I might not be able to answer you till this time tomorrow. Yeah. Because that suits me. So yeah. the flexibility is, is a joy. The lack of stability worries me dearly. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess one's a trade-off for the other, isn't it? Yeah. So you've got you go back to your values. Yeah. What's most important to me, if it's that security, stability, knowing exactly what's coming in, don't be self-employed. Yeah, there's a real um there is a real rebel streak in me always has been mm-hmm. which is why self-employment suits me really really well yeah in a lot of ways and yeah i do the work i'll always do the work and deliver a good job for people but i also don't believe in i'm doing this uh, i'm as a jelly baby say i am working to wobble not the other way around <laughs> <laughs> i only work to wobble and um, not the other way around yeah yeah and at weekends if i want to lie along the couch watching all the telly or just you know enjoy myself then i will such a good space to be. Such a good space to be. Anything else you want to say before we sign off? No, that was wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on. Pleasure. Website is? Thegrowconsultancy.co.uk uh, Social, social media, media where's best for you? Um, everywhere. <laughs> no, Facebook, uh, Grow Consultancy, Twitter. Uh, no, sorry, Twitter's the only one I don't do. Um, LinkedIn as myself, Laurie McPherson, and uh, Instagram as The Grow Consultancy. Instagram Training is not an exciting subject to Instagram. Yeah. It's the rest of your life. I do my level best. <laughs> <laughs> Other parts of your life that appear on there as well. Yes. Absolutely. So good. Awesome. Thanks so much, Laurie. Thank you. Amazing. That was lovely. Thanks for listening and remember to leave a review and subscribe over on iTunes or SoundCloud and check out what's going on at IamJenWilson.com or head over to Instagram and give us a follow just following IamJenWilson.